Okay, I know for those of you that listen to this program as a podcast, it was a little bit late getting up today. We just barely made it on time for the radio stations. But trust me, there's a lot to cover in today's program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Well, on yesterday's program, I spent some time looking at some news stories and, and I really felt strongly to do more of that today. I've got so many stories in front of me. I was up a bit late last night watching some television news programs, some more reading, trying to just get my mind wrapped around where in the world we are going. On the program today, we're going to talk about some of the strangeness and, and some of the things that have happened over the past 18 months with this pandemic. I'm becoming more concerned every day on either what is the lie that we are living or what is the truth they're failing to tell. It's either one or the other because some of the stuff that we are doing for a coronavirus is just simply, simply insane. And the damage it's going to cause to people and their lives and their families and their incomes and their businesses Many will never recover. Is that the plan? Or is there something more sinister in all of this? Maybe there's something about the virus they're failing to tell us? We'll explore that as well today. Then I want to discuss some of these churches that really, in my opinion, are no longer churches. They have surrendered the Word of God, the Scripture, the wonderful story of Jesus and His redemptive love, for a false and satanic gospel. And I'm going to call them out. I'm getting tired of being nice. I learned one thing from reading scripture over the years. St. Paul said it like it is, and so, and so did Peter. And maybe, maybe it's time that we as Christians become bold in our witness. Then we have the story, and we'll get into it in a little bit, some of the things that are going on within our government today. As I watch the news, and then I look at the other news sources to get a you know a fair understanding of where the mindset is. CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, and CBS are going out of their way to cover up any of the mistakes of the of the Harris Biden administration. There, there's no doubt about it. They never talk about the missteps and the mistakes and the things that are that should be troubling to most of us. Notice how the White House feed magically gets turned off if you ever watch when he starts to ramble. They don't want the world to see that he's not really in control. Even the president of China, Ping, he's not interested in having a summit with Biden at all because he knows the man is incapable. Besides, they have Biden under control. We'll look at that story also, hopefully, today. There's so much happening in the news, it's hard to keep up with. And doing this radio program has been an honor and a privilege for me for the past over a year now. And I really feel certain, I mean, truly, I'm not, I'm saying this very cautiously that this radio program is going to grow far beyond anything that I ever dreamed in the beginning. And it's not because I'm so good at this. 
I'm just a retired guy that worked in radio, worked in ministry, and had the privilege of also working a little bit in emergency management. So it gives me some background covering news over the years as well to try to look beyond the headlines, look beyond the sound bites, and try to find that information that we all need today. Listen, most of today's mainstream media is propaganda. It is pure propaganda. You look at the states like California, where the alleged uh, voter total is like two to one Democrat over Republican. In a way, I find it hard to believe, but then again, I can. I've known a lot of people that lived in California. Most of anybody that I ever knew that lived in California has long since moved out. They've moved to Nevada. They've moved to Texas. They've moved to Florida. They have gotten out of California. So what is left are those that love their liberal paradise, or should I say their leftist paradise, because that's what it's become. I also believe after the successful recall vote, was it 2003 that put in Arnold Schwarzenegger as the governor, Democrats and the families of Democrats that had pretty well owned politics in this state did whatever they believed necessary to ensure that would never, ever happen again. Yeah, do I believe there's voter fraud? It's funny. Computers can be hacked for everything except votes according to the left, except in 2016, then it was thoroughly possible, but only because their candidate lost. So they they seem to have a double standard. The news of today is very disturbing. I believe, though, there's some good news. I'm going to get into that on the program today as well. There may be, there may be a little bit of a reprieve for a brief time. And what we do with that reprieve, well, that's going to be extremely important going forward. And we will talk about that. Also in the news, there's a lot of stories about a certain general who's the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. To me, it's increasingly clear that General Mark Milley is more of a politician than a general. He has learned to play both sides against the other for his own career. But I believe some of the things he's done of late may cost him his long career. Here's a bit of thoroughly modern Millie from then and now. In order to defend the Constitution, to defend the American people, is to kill people, kill people who threaten our people, kill people who threaten that Constitution. Our purpose is to close with and destroy the enemies of our country. And for that, it requires trust. Always maintain a keen sense of situational awareness. As senior leaders, everything you do will be closely watched. And I am not immune. As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, that sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment, created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. As a commissioned uniformed officer, it was a mistake that I have learned from, and I sincerely hope we all can learn from it. On the issue of critical race theory, etc., I'll obviously have to get much smarter on whatever the theory is. Um, 
But I do think it's important, actually, uh, for those of us in uniform to be open-minded and be widely read. And the United States Military Academy is a university. Uh, and it is important that we train and we understand. Uh, and I, I want to understand white rage. And I'm white. And I want to understand it. But I know there's a lot of interest out there and all of these books that are out there and quoting me and lots of others, etc. Uh, I'm not going to comment on what's in any of those books. Let me just say this, though. Um, I always personally provided the best military professional advice uh, to President Trump previously, to President Biden, or any other person. So beat the drums, because here comes Harley I think the title of Thoroughly Modern General Mark Milley is very fitting. In looking at some of the stories that are out there today about General Milley and his career and those that he has served, according to former Trump Administration Secretary of Defense, Christopher Miller, now he's come out and he said it very clearly that he did not and would not ever authorize General Milley's alleged call with the Communist Chinese Party. Now, Fox News was told that he and Defense Secretary Mark Esper had full knowledge of the secret calls, including about 15 other people. This is going to be interesting to see how this shakes out and see if the Biden administration even cares. And and there lies the problem. I'm beginning to think, really believe the item that could take out General Milley may be the screwed-up leaving of Afghanistan. Now, Fox News reports about 15 people were present for the calls, adding there were multiple note-takers present, so there should be a record. According to that report, the calls were both conducted with the full knowledge of then-Defense Secretary Mark Esper and then-Acting Defense Secretary Chris Miller, something that Miller has now denied. I'm still waiting, and maybe it'll happen as I'm doing the radio program today. Uh, Has Mark Milley made any major comment denying any of the stuff that was written in Bob Woodward's book? Now, of course, let's be cautious here. Bob Woodward, along with his partner Bernstein back in the 70s, took down President Nixon in their coverage and uncovering the Watergate affair. And so those two lived off those credentials for decades. I take a lot of what is said by Bob Woodward with a grain of salt because he has been known, he likes making the money that he does because he became so famous so quickly. He went from being just a reporter at the Washington Compost to suddenly being a household word. And, you know, publishers like somebody with recognition. And so these inside books, they do sell. And so we have Bob Woodward, who put together a book that knew all about this stuff for months. And as some people, several have said it on on radio and TV, with all of this information that is so criminal, so wrong, so horrible... He kept his mouth shut so he could sell a book. So I'm also a little bit cautious, a little bit cautious about believing everything that Bob Woodward would say. Once again, 
Most, much of our media today is sold out to an ideology and in the process of doing so, in the process of denying truth, and in many cases making fun of God, their minds are not always thoroughly clear. Let's just be honest with that right up front. So in this report that I'm reading, the then Secretary of Defense, that's Esper, was reportedly involved in the secret uh, Chinese Communist Party calls alongside Milley. They're making the claim that Milley was not going rogue at all. He took the initiative on this in October of last year. Esper had his own policy folks to back-channel the message. Milley's message followed Esper's, said the Washington Post columnist Josh Rogan, after speaking to senior defense officials who have confirmed the allegation. Now, I don't care what you call it. It's treason. When your Secretary of Defense is going behind your back using the Joint Chief of Staff and other people in the room that work for the government, that is a real coup, not January the 6th. These these leftists that are holding on to this so-called coup in the palace, you know, Nancy Pelosi's palace. Those were angry people, and rightfully so. I thoroughly believe to this day, which puts me probably on the terror watch list, because, see, I don't believe in some of the idiotic COVID nonsense. I don't believe the election was fair. And, yes, I celebrate Christian holidays and I am a believer in Jesus Christ. So right there, there are three things that will put me on, on a terror list instantly because of what I believe. And I'm not going to give up any of those beliefs unless somebody can give me indisputable proof that I'm wrong on the virus or that I'm wrong on the election. Here's what really breaks my heart. As I was thinking about these particular stories and what makes a person a terrorist today, it used to be the terrorists were the ones that were supposedly the ones that flew the airplanes into the buildings and killed almost 3,000 people. They were the terrorists. They were the ones that you had to be careful about. But now, if you are a Bible-believing Christian who doesn't follow 100% the Fauci-changing narrative— or if you believe the election was stolen, then you are a domestic terrorist. That is utterly insane. This is the kind of stuff that Adolf Hitler would have his propaganda people push out. That if you don't believe what Hitler is saying, if you don't believe we're winning the war, you might be a terrorist. I mean, this is the mentality of the reprobates when they get into power. They want to control the narrative, and truth becomes their biggest enemy. Let me say that again. When it comes to despots, when it comes to those that want to just run your life, own your life, make you their slave, and I don't understand the satanic nature of what makes people think they have to control, own, and just literally destroy people's lives for them to feel satisfied. Why would a government like China 
or North Korea want people living in abject fear of the government? Why would they want that? What is decent about having people living in fear and being in blind obedience to a government? From a Christian point of view, you recognize those kind of governments are influenced by satanic and demonic forces. North Korea. People are afraid to say or think anything for fear of being turned in and disappearing or dying. Is that where we're heading to in the United States and the Western world? General Milley is going to have a lot of things to answer for. I don't care what anybody says, and I've tried to see everybody's point of view on this. Let's put it in very simple terms. And they try to blame prior administrations, including, of course, they have to blame the Trump administration. That's all they got. Because they have nothing else. They had no plan either. The plan laid out over a year and a half ago was condition-based. We will do this providing you, the Taliban, and others, and the government, do this. If you fail to do that, we stop and we reassess. The exit was delayed a few times because the conditions were not met. Now, in November, in the what I still believe is the stolen election, sorry, but I still do, I do not believe that Biden won the state of Georgia. I'm doing my show today from the state of Georgia. I've spent 40 some odd years of my life in the state of Georgia, though I live in Florida now primarily. But I'm very much aware of the people and the politics. Biden did not win the state of Georgia. Stuffed balloting fake balloting, rerunning and rerunning ballots that were found under a table gave him the 11,000 votes that he needed to win in this state. I look at what happened in Philadelphia and Detroit. You don't hide what you're doing. You don't lie to the reporters to get them out of the room so they don't see what's going on. You don't hide stuff from observers because people that hide stuff have something to hide let me say that again people that have something to hide you know they they, they're going to hide it if they're not if they're not uh, worried about being transparent they're going to let everybody see it to ensure that everybody believes it was an honest election but general milley as you heard in those little sound bites He knows how to sound resoundingly pro-American, pro-military. But then again, he can turn around on a dime and become a leftist idol. He knows which side of the bread the butter goes on, and he knows where the butter comes from. Thoroughly modern Milley has traded his military career to be a politician, Because if he is the guy on the Joint Chief of Staff, along with Lloyd Austin, former military guy, now the Secretary of Defense, 
The only thing I can come up with in the way that we did this exit out of Afghanistan, a reprobate mind, a deluded mind, would do it the way they did it. Now, I never went to West Point. I never was a general or a captain or a colonel in any of the military or an admiral in the, in the Navy. I, I never got that far. But I think it's common sense. Even when I was a kid, when we used to play, you know, soldiers, you don't walk away from your fort and leave all your armor behind for the enemy to take. They did this entire process totally in reverse. Only a reprobate mind, only a person who has denied the truth and has been given over to permanent delusion would do what this administration did. We're watching the Bible unfold in its prophecy before your very eyes. The Bible talks about delusion, reprobate minds, stupidity. This wasn't like a little minor mistake. This was a planned disaster that their reprobate and deluded minds believe would work. And of course, the Biden administration was, well, they were convinced they had no choice. No choice. They had to get out of Afghanistan for the photo op they were going to count on to keep them above water by being out by September the 11th, the 20th anniversary. So it didn't matter all they saw was the September 11th goal. It's obvious from the things we can see and read today, it's all out there, that General Milley has moved into the political realm more than the military realm. A few minutes ago, I shared a few sound bites over thoroughly modern General Milley's career when he talks about what the function of a military is and then how he became political. Maybe I shouldn't do this. It's the optics. And then we read now that maybe he was doing things behind the president's back. Funny, in 2016, while talking to the Center for Army Profession and Leadership, and that's where that little quote came from earlier. This is something else that he had to say about trust. Listen carefully. This is General Mark Milley, 2016. So trust is fundamental. And it's an incredibly powerful bond, but it's a fragile bond as well, in that it can be broken apart with individual acts or institutional acts of lack of character of incompetence, of failure to be honest and showing integrity. There's no bastards up at squad attitude that's appropriate for us as senior leaders of the United States Army. It doesn't work. You don't want it done to you. You wouldn't want your subordinates to say, well, you know, General so-and-so is a real jerk or whatever, you know, he's an idiot, humma, 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 humma. You don't want to be undermined. You don't want your power or authority uh, undermined. You expect loyalty and you expect professionalism. And if you have a problem with your boss, the professional thing to do is walk into your boss 
and say it. Hopefully you heard everything that General Mark Milley had to say. You heard what he said back in 2016. He talked about trust in the command structure of the United States Army. And that that also is true in the Marine Corps, United States Navy, the United States Air Force, the Coast Guard, even the new Space Force. You must have trust. And trust comes from openness and honesty not pulling shenanigans and secret things behind people's backs to undermine them. That was General Mark Milley in 2016. And now we have General Mark Milley of today, of 2021, five years later, the politician. I shouldn't have gone to Lafayette Park and cleared out those protesters that were trying to burn down a church building. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be following the pathway to get us out of Afghanistan. I mean, I need to make my connections really good with the Biden administration because I want to retire with a nice pension. Mark Milley has broken his trust, not just with the former Trump administration. I think he would turn on Biden in a heartbeat if it suited his purpose. General Mark Milley needs to resign immediately, probably even court-martialed, as others have called for and thoroughly investigated because everything you just heard him say in that 48 second soundbite just a few moments ago he has now violated himself what he held as important important back in 2016 he is thrown away for politics we don't need people like him as the chief of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He's undermining our nation. He's lost his way and his values. And I think he's even committed potential treason. How do you leave Afghanistan the way we did, thoroughly backwards? I had somebody make a comment to me, well, Biden got us out, and I'm going to go, yeah, how did he do it? How did he do it? Thoroughly backward from any understanding in any way that, look, it's been said, and I agree, that a hundred years from now, this is what Ted Cruz said the other day, a hundred years from now, military colleges, if we last that long, a hundred years, I, I doubt it, but if we last that long, in 10 years, 20, 100, if we, if we survive that long and don't implode as a society, and our Lord Jesus Christ returns. They'll study what a disaster it was in Afghanistan and how we could blunder so massively. I go back to what I just said. It is the reprobate mind that is infecting those that hate God on the left and those that want the approval of those leaders of the left for their own personal gain. They now are living a lie, and God bestows upon them, because this is what they've asked for, 
delusion. Total and absolute delusion. Like I say, I'm no general. I'm no war college expert. But something would tell me the first thing you do when you're getting ready to leave is make sure that all Americans understand the dangers, what will be left behind, the fact that we really knew that the government there could never sustain. How could they be so blinded to what everybody else was saying back in, oh, I don't know, May and June? And then in July, at a press conference, here is uh, President Joe Biden. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an Air Force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. The jury is still out. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. How wrong could they be? How misinformed could they be? How incompetent could they be? Go back to May, go back a year ago, go back four or five years ago. Everybody's understood a lot of things about Afghanistan. We may have modernized the city of Kabul and given them wonderful buildings and an airport and all kinds of infrastructure over the past 20 years. The Taliban, they're committed to killing. They're committed to take over and they'll risk their life doing it. They're willing to be martyred for what they believe. But unfortunately, we try to think in terms of, well, we can negotiate. They really want to be at the, you know, the League of Nations kind of concept that the left always keeps pushing. They want to be welcomed into the world as a legitimate government. And in fact, we're negotiating with them to have women in their government. Yeah, right. You live with a deluded mind. You believe things that are totally insane that are not going to happen. We have videos that go back a year, two, five years ago, where people talk about this Afghanistan army, one of the highest paid armies in that part of the world, probably the highest paid, most well-equipped, but they'll turn on you on a dime. They'll abandon their post. They don't care. They drink. They get drunk. They take drugs. This is the great army that's going to fight back the Taliban who are committed to their jihadist cause. How stupid can one be? How ignorant How ignorant could somebody that's been in government for 49 years, how could he be so blind? How could General Mark Milley be so deceived and fall for it? You don't take out the troops out of your military base in the middle of the night, leaving the civilians behind, plus all that equipment. You don't retreat to a public airport in the middle of a busy city and hope that the Taliban will let those with green cards that are U.S. citizens or those whose lives, because they have worked with the United States government, 
will come to a painful end when the Taliban hunts them down and kills them. And those families that will watch young girls be raped and given in marriage to these killers and Satan lovers, because that's what they are. The Taliban is the army of Satan on this earth. And our president, who can't even understand that life begins at conception, that abortion is evil according to the scripture, and he loves this world and believes in all the climate change nonsense, he's a reprobate. He does not deserve to be in the Oval Office. And Mark Milley, here's a guy that's a four-star general, couldn't figure out You kind of get the people out first, your assets second, and then the military last. How could he be that reprobate, that insane, and that wrong? I know I'm late for the break, and I've got a bunch of other stories. We're going to change direction on the other, other side of the break. I would love to know that you listen to the program from time to time. I know a lot of people listen every day and they don't let me know they listen, but it's just an encouragement for me. An email is all it takes. And my email is bob at truth, the number two ponder.com bob at truth, the number two ponder.com. Been looking over some email of late and I want to thank those that do write and also A special thank you for those that financially support this program each and every month. Whether the gift is large or small, in God's economy, it always has come together since the beginning of this program to meet the need. I've got some exciting stuff coming up in October to enhance the outreach of this ministry. We'll be in Florida beginning in October, and I think by the time the month ends, I'll have some great news to share. Just a lot of things going on in the background. I also want you to pray for this ministry. This has been a one-man show from the very beginning. And there are a couple of people, actually three, the Lord has laid on my heart, people I've known in the business, that I pray can help me a little bit And we can grow this ministry to where there's enough listeners giving support where I can make sure that these people who are not yet retired like me can at least have some of their time compensated. Something I'm working on and praying about. Would you pray with me? Also on the website, you'll find a new prayer request tab. It was on the site before, and as I'm rebuilding it, I've put it back. We really do believe in the power of prayer here. Now, when we get back, we're going to change gears. There's some other news stories you really need to hear. Once again, truth is what we're all about here. Truth to ponder. That's why I named it Truth to Ponder. I'll see you on the other side of this break. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The mystery of the veils. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, on Yom Kippur, the great veil of the temple was opened. The veil of God was removed. 
But that wasn't the only veil to be removed. You see, it's a love story. Israel was called the bride of God, and Yom Kippur was the day that the two, bride and groom, met face to face. Now, there's an amazing parallel in the ancient Hebrew marriage. You see, on the day of the wedding, the bridegroom would come to the house of the bride to take her as his wife. The bride would then reverently approach the groom with a veil over her face. But when she met him, she would remove the veil and the two would stand there face to face. Well, that's what Yom Kippur is all about. And that's what salvation is all about. God has removed his veil. He's revealed himself. But in order to be blessed, we, the bride, we have to remove our veil, the veil that covers our face. Now, the bride might be afraid that when he sees the real her, he'll reject her. She might be ashamed. Her face might be full of imperfections and blemishes and scars, but she must remove her veil. So you too must come to the bridegroom of your soul and remove that veil that is hiding your face. Let him see the real you. Let God see the real you with real wounds and real scars and real blemishes and real sins. Because you can't expect to be healed if you don't expose your need and your wounds to the physician. It says he'll present his bride without blemish or spot. But in order to do that, you have to let him see your blemishes and scars and imperfections. Remove your veil to God. Remove your veil and you'll see him face to face. And you'll be healed by the shining of his face upon you. And it's written, But we with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. The free gift for you. The mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, and the secrets of strength and victory for every day of your life. How do you get all this? Free gifts. Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to join with me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Hechatan, the Bridegroom. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. It is a Thursday. As I mentioned before, for those that uh, normally pick up the podcast a bit earlier, well, we're a little late getting started today. But I want to say something, just a couple of things, just personal notes here real quick. I think I had one of the best night's sleep last night I've had in a long time. I've had maybe two decent nights sleep over the past month or so, and it tends to catch up. If I told you what time I went to bed and what time I got up, I don't remember sleeping that long in a very, very long time. But it was good. I needed the I needed the rest. And really, we're supposed to take care of these bodies of ours, feed them properly, and that means sleep as well. I know early in my radio career, I used to do early mornings. And you've heard the expression, burning the candle at both ends. Even at a younger age in my 20s, there were a couple of times that I just literally crashed. Because when you get up at 3 or 3.30 in the morning to go to work, 
and you're trying to go to bed at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, it, it doesn't work. Our bodies were designed to get a certain amount of sleep, and and really, really, it is important that we get that sleep. And I hope that, I know, and I know, listen, I know where it comes from. Doing this program five days a week for the past just slightly over a year, it does take its toll. Because sometimes you got to get into the filth and the dirt and the obscenity and the lies of this world as you do the research. And I don't care, it can be very depressing. It can become very depressing. It can eat at you after a while. When you know, when you know things are not right and you know things should be different and you know that so many people just don't care. They just want their life back because of the pandemic, but they'll do anything to get their life back. A lot of people are are getting the vaccine even though they're hesitant to and I don't blame them and it's not for some of the reasons that I read about I get a lot of emails sent to me oh read this story read that story it's a it's a this it's a that it's a new world order conspiracy they're going to put nanobots into your bloodstream and they'll turn the 5g stuff on and they turn into little robots please don't fall for that 5G's biggest danger to you is how fast data moves. Incredibly fast. And I'll be more than happy to explain it to you anytime you want. But if you think there are these high-powered monster transmitters putting out death rays, some of the 5G antenna systems are running off tiny solar panels. Really small solar panels. They're, they're, they're flea power. It's just putting more of what 4G was on smaller towers to allow wider bandwidth to move incredible amounts of data at a higher rate of speed. And where we live in Georgia, I doubt if I'll see 5G here for 10 more years. We barely, we don't even have 4G in our neighborhood, just so you know. There are a lot of things to worry about out there. And when you are deluged with tons of stuff, it's hard to sort out truth from semi-truth, fact from fiction, intentionally put out lies to discredit. It's one of the things that I, I figured out a long time ago. One of the things that all propagandists do, you can see this going back to even Goebbels in World War II, Put out some disinformation to your enemies and they run around spreading fake news that everybody eventually finds out was fake and you discredit your enemy. That's why I always caution people when you see something you think the world needs to see on Facebook, unless you are certain of the source or you have personal knowledge or have done the background research, don't share everything that looks good to you. I've got a couple of my Facebook friends. I use it because of the ministry, obviously. I'll use it as long as I can until they probably cut me off one day. But I've got a lot of good Christian friends that share all kinds of stuff. And I have to privately write them and say, you need to take that down because it's not true. I've seen some pretty bizarre stuff out there over the past several years. 
And there is a, quote, disinformation campaign that is out there. These computerized bots saw a picture of what they look like. It's like 100 cell phones, cheap ones, mounted on a wall, controlled by a computer to each have their own identity and name to throw up comments and material on Facebook and Twitter and other social media. They are bot farms, B-O-T, bot farms, like robotic farms. And they generate a lot of fake news. And you got to be careful. The Internet is a wild place. Don't believe everything somebody shares just because it fits what you think. I've tried since the beginning of this program to to steer away from things that I don't have a comfort in sharing. My issues with the vaccine are very simple. Actually, there are a couple of reasons that I don't feel comfortable taking the vaccine. Aborted fetus cell tissue is one of them. I I can't understand how I can honor God by using the cells of murdered babies in the womb. I just can't. It is a religious issue for me, number one. Number two, these vaccines have bypassed the normal process that the FDA normally takes. It has been short-circuited incredibly, massively, Normally, the trials, the first or second phase trials, take years. Like the first set of real trials would take until the end of 2023. But here we are two years early, already doing booster shots. And now we have these narratives that are being challenged. I shared yesterday on the program, these nurses and doctors, and and a marketing director of a hospital system in North Carolina. How do we make the numbers more scary to get more people vaccinated? In other words, how do we lie? What it really came down to is how do we lie to the public to scare them into getting the vaccine? See, for those people, their hope is built in nothing less than Pfizer and Moderna, not Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And once again, I have to go back. Where did this virus come from? A year ago, when the show started, I knew in my heart and I had absolutely perfect conviction to tell you as I did, the virus came from a lab in Wuhan, China. I said that on what used to be my former weekend show that was just a once a week program. I said it back in April of 2020 while working in emergency management, that this virus was not natural. It had been, shall we say, put together. Gain of function, gain of threat research. And we already knew, even back then, there was some money involved from the United States. Well, it's becoming clearer and clearer that Dr. Fauci is pushing every harebrained scheme to get this virus eradicated because he's up to his eyeballs in its development. Channeling money through the EcoHealth Alliance, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and the research moves to the bat lady in China. Along with the 
Chinese Communist Party's People's Liberation Army. Those are our partners in virus research. So I'm a little skeptical of where the virus came from and why the the true story is still not coming out. It seems that the Biden administration's research is highly lacking because they're afraid to tell you the truth. Because the truth is going to hurt bad. Really bad. And it'll undo, I believe, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And all the work, I mean, he'll be exposed for what he is. I've called him for good reason, the father of the virus, the wizard of COVID for quite a long time. There is a doctor named Gert Vanden Bosch, a PhD in vaxology, an insider, so to speak, and a former global director of vaccine programs. He's worked for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And he's called for this mass vaccination campaign against COVID-19 to end. He speaks with authority about his primary concerns with the vaccine, which is called immune escape, a leaky vaccine. And he describes the general principles we know from biology, vaccinology, and microbiology that if you put living organisms like bacteria or viruses under what you call pressure, like antibiotics, antibodies, chemotherapeutics, for example, you don't kill them off completely, but you can inadvertently encourage their mutation into a more virulent strain. And these experimental messenger RNA technologies are not by legal definition, until they just changed it recently, a vaccine. We don't know the long-term effect. That's another reason I'm skeptical. Everybody believed back in January, as I saw people lining up and begging to, to get their first shot of the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine in this country, AstraZeneca and others overseas, because if they could do this, we could all get back to normal. Every one of us could rush back into being normal. Now we've had more time than they had last year when they developed the vaccine to begin to see what these vaccines are really doing. And the truth is, they can cause some serious health issues for a number of people. People have died far more than we'll ever know from the vaccine, uh, you know, the adverse reaction website. They say only between 1% and 10% of those that have an adverse reaction ever get reported. A lot of manipulation of the numbers, there's no doubt about it. But we see that these leaky vaccines are allowing this COVID-19, or we should say this coronavirus, to mutate. And many believe firmly, and his concerns, they have merit, he knows what he's talking about. He's been doing this for a long time. He's trying to push the development of a different kind of a vaccine if that's what we're going to need. He has skepticism about what we're doing and he is convinced, as many others are, that the vaccine itself is the generator of the variants like um, like the Delta. Remember, India had a massive 
vaccine campaign well ahead of the United States and Canada and other places. And that's where the Delta variant you know, came from. Why do you think they're talking booster shots so soon? Maybe, what, two, maybe three per year? This is ridiculous. Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, Charlotte is the primary city. 600 county employees have been suspended. That happened yesterday without pay because they're not wanting to be vaccinated or going through the ridiculous, phony COVID-19 testing. Beginning September the 7th, county employees were required to complete a weekly COVID-19 test if they were not vaccinated or have not submitted their vaccine status. You know, hospitals are going to be in real trouble because a significant number of people that are nurses are refusing to take the vaccine. Many have shared their bad experiences and what they've actually witnessed. And so 598 employees, almost 600, got their notice of suspension. Here's how I look at it. You're going to see some companies bow to the pressure and others refusing. As the truth comes out, and I firmly believe that it will, I firmly believe the truth is going to come out on vaccines. The truth will come out on elections. The truth is going to come out on a lot of things. And a lot of people are just going to be stunned and they're going to refuse to believe it. The talking heads at MSNBC and CNN will be shocked. Some may believe, some will just keep believing the lie. Because that's all they know how to do is believe the lie they created. They can't let it go because their credibility as it disintegrates, as, the, as these lies disintegrate, their credibility could go with it. And then we look at the tech tyrants like the, the Twitters and the Facebooks and the YouTubes, Instagrams of this world. These censorship bans from major media and the tech tyrants. You cannot have an opinion different, even if it's based on truth, reality, and observation. Now, I'm not a fan of certain kinds of music, but there is a pop star. Her name is Nicki Minaj, and she's encouraged Americans to open their blanking eyes to the censorship that's currently happening. Because, see, she made a comment on Facebook about her concerns about these vaccines. So now she has been shut down. She's been silenced because she's speaking against the narrative of those behind the power. You can't say that about the vaccine or the virus. You can't say anything bad about the vaccines because they're the savior of mankind. We don't know what the long-term effect is going to be. But my heart is telling me from some things that I've already seen, it's not going to be good. It honestly is not going to be good. People who have already been vaccinated are dying of COVID. Let me say that again. People that have been vaccinated are in the hospital and they're dying of COVID. 
As I tried to point out yesterday, this little Zoom call meeting with this group in North Carolina trying to make you believe it's only the unvaccinated that get sick and die. It's not true. Just look at Israel and other countries that are more vaccinated than us. The numbers are going to get hard to hide, and it's coming quickly. I really believe we have this little window coming where truth is going to be revealed in a massive way on every topic that has been dividing us for quite a long time. Many will believe and some will not. They'll hold on to their lie because that's all they know. Their reprobate mind, their sin of loving their wickedness will blind them. But Christians, I believe, are going to get a little window of opportunity to get prepared for the difficult times to come. I hope we don't miss that opportunity. Now, tomorrow's program is a little bit different. I'm going to take a personal liberty here, if you don't mind. This year, probably the second, maybe third time in 17 years, the dates of the week line up to something that happened to me in 2004. In other words, there was a Saturday, September the 11th. There was a Sunday, September the 12th. And all the dates line up. And I'm going to share from my heart a little bit on tomorrow's program. Something that I went through in 2004 that I hope will be an inspiration for you. I'll be sharing what I had to deal with and how it changed my life. And hopefully it'll guide you in how to avoid some pitfalls in your own life. It was a difficult time, 2004, and for years even thereafter. And hopefully I can give you some advice from direct personal experience. So that's tomorrow's program. If you believe in the Ministry of Truth to Ponder, would you pray for us, number one? We need your prayers. You know, there are times, as I told you before, I get weak, and it's not easy to get into the studio and do it. Today, I can tell you, producing this program has taken me at least twice as long as it normally does for whatever reason. Even with all the rest, I think you get tired of all this. But I want the program continues to continue because I believe that it is really important that we get this information and this word out. If you believe in our work and our ministry, would you consider supporting us financially? Our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263 in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 305 37. That zip code again, 30537. And until tomorrow, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.